I spend my time and energy talking about Duchenne and awareness about that and not really kind of focusing on myself because, you know, in the end, I feel like I'm going to be okay, but, you know, it's hard. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode four of I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan. On today's episode, y'all get to hear from my good friend and at one point in time, boss, Brad. Brad and I met in the fall of 2013 when I applied to work as an after-school counselor for the local Parks and Recreation Department. And as he tells me, I was one of his first hires in his new position. And Brad quickly integrated me not only into his work family, but also his personal family. I've had the honor of watching his two children grow up, I got to be there for his son's birth, and I've been invited to the family tailgates. Brad is the current owner of NBF Cure 44, a company with goals to raise money and awareness for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. He also is the sports and recreation manager for the Raleigh Cary Jewish Community Center here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Brad has devoted his life to recreation and now being an advocate for the fight against Duchenne. Brad is really special to me in my life because he plays this big brother role. He came in prior to today's episode and interrogated my significant other because he, you know, wanted to ask all those fun big brother questions. And throughout the last year of COVID and even the year prior to that, Brad and I haven't had an opportunity to really sit down and hang out with one another because life has taken over for both of us. So you'll get to hear more about that today. And I'm really excited to get to share this conversation with you. Hi. Hi. Hey, thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Did you see that the sun is out right now? I I did. I, you know, I'm tired of all this rain. Um, I'm ready for the sun to be shining in warmer weather, even though it's, you know, January. Yes, I know. I wear the same way. I enjoy it being cold, but I want it to be sunny and cold, not rainy and cold. It's cold. Yeah, it was, it's been miserable the past couple of days. Like, I just, oh, yes, man. Yes. But that's North Carolina for you, you know? It is. It is. So speaking of North Carolina, welcome to I've Been Better. Thanks for being here, everyone. We're on, I don't even know what episode now. This is very exciting that we have another guest to be here with me today. Today, I have my good friend, Brad Foster. Say hello to everyone. Hello, Brad. everyone. I'm uh, super excited to be here. And Susan, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for wanting to be on this podcast. Um, so a little bit about Brad. We've known each other now for seven years. Has it only been seven years? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. We were just talking prior to the podcast about how Brad's eldest daughter is turning eight in January. January 10th. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's in which is quite interesting because I can remember Caden as a very small baby. And so I think that that's very funny. That it's been seven years already. A quick yeah, seven years. It's, it's flown by. She's definitely not a baby anymore. Nope. So no. no, she's seven going on 13. I, a little bit older. She just <laughs> had uh, Missy do her nails and she's starting to get that long hair back. And it's it's just crazy how much she has grown, even in even through quarantine, actually being home and being yeah. able to watch her and just seeing how much she has just grown in the past year. It's it's crazy. That is crazy. So a little bit about how I know Brad. I know Brad because I started working for here in North Carolina and in Raleigh specifically, we have city programs. And so I started working for one of the city programs that was working with kids 
and Brad was the director of that program. You were actually the my first hire when I got hired as yes. a full-time employee, so... What a wonderful award to be given to myself. <laughs> yes. And so I got to work with kids and got to work under Brad. And then from there, I stayed for a couple years as part of my internship in graduate school. And then from there, we've stayed friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how long, how much time has passed by, you know, we can just catch up mm-hmm. in an instant. So that's, that's, you mm-hmm. know, I like that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And I think life takes us in very different on very different courses. And I think over the past seven years, we were just saying how fast it went by, but a lot has happened in the last seven years of our friendship and us knowing each other. And so I'm very grateful that you wanted to come today because I feel very honored and blessed to know you and be able to give you this opportunity to share your story. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I feel, I feel honored that, you know, you were to think of me and, you know, want me to come share my story. So I, you know, I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So Brad, tell us, you know, the premise behind the podcast, the title is I've been better. And when I say I've been better, what do you think of what comes to mind for you? Um, man, uh, so, you know, this past, you know, year with COVID has thrown everybody in a loop. It's changed mm-hmm. the way we do things. It's changed the way we think about things. Um, but for me, Actually, 2020 was actually not a bad year. Yeah. You know, it it gave me opportunities that I wouldn't have normally gotten. Um, you know, as we've talked about, 2019 was kind of the the the, the doomsday year for for me and my family. Yeah. Um, so uh, 2019 in April, April 1st, I'll never forget it. It was April Fool's Day, and I literally thought it was a joke. Um, our son, who is now five, was diagnosed with you know Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Um. Would you like to share a little bit about what Duchenne is? All right. So I'm not going to talk about kind of the, the, the medical stuff about it because I don't want it to be on, the, on air and me be wrong about it. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. totally fine. Okay. Yeah. So, so we'll get back. So, yeah. So, we, you know, and this was one of those things where we have no idea what it was. Um, and, of course, you know, being the, the parents that we are, you know, we, we looked it up on the Internet and Google has the answer to yeah, everything. Google has, But of course, Google gives you the the downright worst about anything. Yep. So we're sitting there and I, I remember it. We were we actually we had just gotten back from a trip to Mexico oh, that's um, right. for our anniversary because yeah. our anniversary is on the 31st. Yeah. Um, and he had had a genetic test two weeks prior. And of course, we tried to not think about it. But all we could think about was, OK. He's going to call us on the first. Like, we knew he was going to call us. Isn't that funny how you know? Uh, yeah. Well, he told us he was going to call oh, okay. us. Yeah, he, he was like, I'm going to call you on this. I was like, please don't call us during our trip. Like, we need this one last thing because in case this is what it is. Um, so, of course, the doctor called us April 1st that night. And um, probably the most devastating there's some of the most devastating news a parent can hear yeah. you know and you know i don't want to take away from and this has been my big thing i don't take away from any other families or parents that are going through different stuff because everybody's got their own stuff for us personally you know no parent wants to hear that you know your son or your your son or daughter has anything wrong with them uh, nonetheless being duchenne muscular dystrophy so mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, very little was known about it. I had never heard of it. No. Misty never heard of it. Um, I can imagine yeah. many people don't know what that is unless they've had direct experience with it. Right. So then it was just like immediately flash. I was like, OK, what do we do? You know, we got set up with his team of doctors um, and then it was, OK, we need these are the steps that we need to take. And, 
Um, I think, you know, for me personally, it was, it was very difficult to hear, you know, no, no dad wants to hear that because, you know, realizing that I'll never be able to teach my son how to play football, which is a sport that I played mm-hmm. for, you know, 13 years, two mm-hmm. years in a high school. Um, just because it's probably, it's, it could be deadly for him, you know, even more risk for anybody else. Um, but then, you know, knowing that, you know, a lot of the sports, I'm not going to be able to play with him or teach him or anything yeah. like that. Um, so it just kind of sent me, you know, in a spiral. Exactly. Yeah. Um, where I literally for three or four months, I shut everybody out. Like I was just like, it's I don't want to. You're in disbelief, right? You don't want to believe that, let alone, as you said, that your child has something potentially terminally wrong. Right, quote unquote wrong, because right. it's genetically a mutation. And then two, you have to grieve the loss of all these future activities that you had planned with your kid. Yep. And then, you know, as you know, we've talked about Duchenne is, you know, it's 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 a race against time. So you never know. He could progress really fast or he could progress really slow. You know, we just don't know. So um, but besides that, I think coming I think it was um, it was May of last year. Yeah, May of last year is when I really, really turned my focus from, okay, this disease is terrible. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, everything like that to, all right, this is a part of our daily life now. Yeah. How can I help other families or how can I help other people realize what we are going through and what we are doing? So I've taken kind of all the all of my energy instead of going down in a hole of working with nonprofits and doing fundraiser events and, you know, raising awareness, starting my own business that, you know, was launched back in September to help create awareness by just kind of, you know, selling simple uh, merchandise that kind of helps inspire people. You know, our main tagline is nothing but fight. So, you know, that's what, that's what we have to have is, you know, we want nothing but fight and we want to create you know, awareness about this disease. So that way other people are aware of it. And, you know, when they're thinking, Hey, you know, I want to give to a charity, but I don't want to give to these big names that a lot of people already donate to, or what's something that I connect with or could give money to that doesn't always get the funding or like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, cancer research. Great. I I, I hope that, you know, all this money going towards the fund, but there's so many organizations out there that are going towards cancer research. Like, you know, they're not hurting. In a way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, whereas Duchenne, you know, as we talked about, you know, that I know of, you know, there are two or three main organizations that are big enough that they can put a good amount of money to research. And that's kind of where I want to try and suggest people go and donate. Maybe they don't have to donate everything, but, you know, look into this and see, you know, how these boys are affected and how it affects them, mm-hmm. how this disease affects them. And maybe, you know, that might say, you know, hey, you know, I'll, maybe I'll put half of what I was going to here or something like that. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think you hit on a couple points, Brad, too, just about how you and your wife had no knowledge of Duchenne when it came into your life. And so it led you at least down into a hole for a couple months. Was there a time during that period, or maybe even it's been more recent and beyond when people would reach out to you and ask, how are you? What's going on? And you would sort of put this you know, face on and, you know, not tell them what's actually going on. Yeah. Um, that was, that's kind of going on more, I guess, recently now. Um, I think, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody. I don't know how people are feeling, but maybe it was a, um, either a fear or, 
just something going on of okay i'm gonna give him his space give him his time to kind of grieve get through this and then once i think once people saw because i'm not a big social media person you know that i don't post a a Mm -hmm. terrible amount but once people saw me getting back on social media and posting a little more that's when they would reach out whether it be through messenger or through email or you know phone call or text like hey you know what's going on how's it going um you know stuff like that so i think now when i now that i'm out in i guess people's eye more that's when people have started to kind of reach out and say, Hey, is everything okay? Or, you know, some people are like, Hey, what do you need? Um, which is, which is great. You know, I, I love the support system that we have. Um, you know, we have, of course, our immediate family, um, always willing to help, but just the number of friends that have just been, Hey, you know, what can I do? You know, the fact that you were like, Hey, come on, you know, come on this podcast, tell your story. And now I can talk to, you know, all these people around, you know, around the globe that listen to your podcast. That to me, that to me is your way of helping me. And that I, I love and appreciate. Yeah. The, the 10 people that will listen to this hey, podcast. Hey, you know what? Perfect. That's, that's 10 people that I would have not normally <laughs> talked to. So, yes. you know. Yeah. I like how you said that you felt like it was this invitation this tangible invitation that people saw that they could reach out to you right because we as a species humans we don't like discomfort so anything that's uncomfortable or awkward or scary we tend to avoid right. so when you were in those first couple months it sounds like people knew something was wrong quote unquote or knew something was not well and they left you alone yep exactly and then right. when you decided to open the door to people again they took that invitation and ran with it Yep, some did. I think some are still hesitant just because, you know, it's it's different, you know, and people are people fear the different, which is, you know, and that's perfectly fine. You know, I'm not expecting I'm not expecting you to call me every week and say, hey, you know, you're doing OK, because then I would be like, stop calling me. Like, you know, <laughs> you're leave, being annoying. <laughs> leave me alone. Um, but it's a simple fact of, you know, you know, somebody sending a text saying, hey, good morning, or even the people that wish me happy birthday, you know, back in December. Um, you know, that type of stuff, people that are thinking about me, mm-hmm. that in itself, you know, and I might not text back, you know, I, I think I have, uh, hopefully my dad's not listening to tell me all the time about this, but I think I have like 300 unread <laughs> text messages on my phone. How do you function? Um, uh, 300, Can't. 300 text messages. And I think like over 10,000 emails, nope. uh, I have all nope. those little red, red marks on my phone. The type A people yeah. are scratching their eyes out right now. I know they are. Nope. Um, that's why I don't let Missy look at my phone. Nope. Um, so she'll see that and be like, why do you have all those unanswered? Yes. Um, so, but it's just, you know, the fact that people are there and it might end up two or three weeks later. I'm like, oh man, I forgot to respond to this person. <laughs> let me respond three weeks later and say, oh, thanks for the, thanks for the birthday wish. <laughs> and they're like, um, okay. You're welcome. Yeah. I think. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, going back to kind of people being there. So, you know, being a parent of Duchenne, it opens up this. I have this brand new family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's the family I love that I never wanted. Yep. Um, but, you know, now that I have them, it's like, OK, it's it's just another support system because they they get what I'm going through. You yeah. know, they get what we're going through. Some of them are more newly diagnosed than us and some are their boys are actually are actually 21 um, or older and they're in they're in college. They have relationships. Oh. Um, there was one that, you know, he actually he has two kids. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And the glimmer of hope, right? Absolutely. And, you know, we 
we may not talk to these parents on a regular basis or these other families, but we know that we are there for each other. There are so many different, you know, support Facebook groups that you can go and ask a question mm -hmm. and some people answer within a minute, you know, and then you get all this great information. And that to me is that to me is support enough. I don't know that I've never met these people. I mean, you know, I may never meet these people, yeah. but knowing that I can ask a question or I can reach out and be like, I oh, look, I'm having a terrible day. Somebody help me. Yep. And they're there and the outpouring of support is just, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Would you say that you have found those support groups, whether it's through Facebook or however you've met these other parents to be one of the biggest gains and the biggest oh. helps that you've had? Oh, absolutely. For yeah. me, I'm the more outgoing person. So I, I love to reach out to these people and talk to them. Whereas, you know, you know, if she's put in the situation, Misty will absolutely, you know, she'll be she'll be courteous and she'll talk to them and everything like that. but she's not the one who's going to go reach out and you know try and mm -hmm. find these people and you know open up the lines of communication yeah um so then that's something that i love to do i'm a huge talker as you can tell i'm just i just keep going and mm -hmm. going but i love meeting new people and you know telling my story which is why i love being here um but yeah it's just I, again, the amount of people I've met and that ones who actually have given me their, their cell phone number, like, Hey, text me anytime, call me anytime, you know, even if it's just, you're having a bad day or you have a question or something like that. Like, it's just, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. You're more of the initiator. That's right. your role to reach out. Have you found that that's been helpful in the roles that you and your wife play? Like if it hadn't have been for you being able to initiate getting this support system in place? Um, yeah, I, I think it has worked. You know, I think Misty would have done it on her own. She's more of the researcher. So she she is the one who can answer the questions about all the, you know, the, the clinical trials coming up and all data. Of, right. If we can intellectualize things. Yes. And that's help. exactly what she's done, yep. which is which is great, because I, for one, I'm not good at that type of stuff. So, you know, it's funny when I'm talking to people or, you know, I have my Duchenne talks and, you know, it's funny. People have gotten to it's like and I'll say something and they're like, Misty, is that correct? you know <laughs> wait hold on fact check that please exactly um or you know misty will be on it she'll have her camera off she'll be on mute i'll say something and then everybody literally everybody we had one the other the other month everybody paused when i gave a, a factual data like an actual like hey this is what it is everybody paused for a second waited misty came <laughs> on and then, and then um uh one of the physical therapists who works with the nonprofit organization that i love he was like oh there's misty you know <laughs> thank you misty for giving us the correct information so it's it's just it's become it's it's and it's great that i have her there for that because yeah. you know i think i have the correct information but she's always there to make sure that i am providing yeah. that correct information to everybody so when it sounds um, like that's a role she's comfortable in to be the one that gives the the data and the facts and the research and that's where she feels good. Right. Again, being. it's not one of those roles, you know, as a mother that she wanted. No. Nope. But that is one that she has taken. She's run with. And, you know, she is able to ask the doctor all these questions um, that we need the information to. And it's just I, I think I think that is great teamwork from us. She handles all the 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 education stuff and um, all the the exact information that we need, whereas you know, I handle the personal stuff of um, reaching out to groups, you know, creating the fundraisers mm -hmm. and um, but then she, you know, doing the fundraiser, she comes back with the ideas of have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Because she's, you know, she's a teacher. So she's like yeah. step by step process and making sure I like to go from A to Z before I get all the other ones, Yeah, you know, and she helps fill in those gaps. And I think yeah. that as parents is having to deal with this. It's, it, it's a great teamwork between the two of yeah, us. Yeah, It's a good dynamic to have. 
when you said that, you know, you are the more outgoing one and you tend to talk more and knowing you the way I do, yes, you talk a lot. You're a great people person. You like being around people. Have you found that has changed in you at all? Or what have you learned after the before period of having Dushin in your life and the after period of having Dushin in your life and how you approach people and maybe talking with them or being honest with them about things? Yeah, um, I would say that, uh, you know, after the Duchenne diagnosis and realizing, you know, that it can be something that quickly progresses, like, you know, I don't really have, I don't have time for fakeness. Like, I don't have time mm -hmm. for just kind of beating around the bush. It's like, I, I need to get to the point, you know, we need to get down to the bottom of it. And I don't want to sit here and waste time. I just, I don't have that time. Yeah. You know, right now time is even more precious, which I go back to why 2020 was a blessing for us because when we close, when everything closed down in March, able to those extra six months at home being quarantined, yeah. they were amazing. Like and you would got, have never gotten that. No, no, absolutely. And, and Misty wouldn't have either. She was, you know, teaching, you know, she's out of the house at 730 in the morning, sometimes doesn't get home till 530. Mm -hmm. And by that time, you know, we have to have dinner and then maybe, maybe we get 30 minutes or an hour with the kids, right. but having all that time home and we made, we made the most of it. You know, mm -hmm. I got a new job in January that is yeah. a lot more flexible. Um, and they kind of under, they understand kind of what I'm going through. So they were like during quarantine, they're like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Just make sure your stuff is done. But you know, if you want to, you know, we have a, a friend who had a house at the beach. Like, hey, go spend a couple of days at the beach. Um, great. I did it. You know, I and it was really kind of, you know, or they were like, hey, you want to go spend the week, be week at the beach? You're working from home. Just take your laptop with you. Right. Answer your emails and make sure everything's taken care of. But, you know, I, we went to the beach. We did like a, you know, we, we did like mini road trips. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, with COVID, no hotel. <laughs> so we literally had to get creative. Um, you know, we have a friend who has a house in the mountains. They offered it to us for a weekend. Awesome. So, you know, we went and spent a weekend and boom, but you know, we did all these small things that if she was teaching and I had full programming going on, we, we may not have been able to do. Yeah. At least know, not to the length that you have and the extent that you have. Right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Do you feel like being able to be honest about how things have been in your family and opening yourselves up to this new community? Has that you sort of answered that this before, but do you feel like that that has really shaped this mindset of like, yes, I need to tell people that I've been better or I need to be honest with them when they ask me because I don't have time for this yeah, I'm fine. Everything's great because then you're not able to get your needs met. And now that you told your job what was going on, they're able to meet you where you are and give you some extra leeway here or give you what you need. And you're actually able to lead the life that you want to lead. So, and being honest, it's, it's more of, I think I kind of, I spend my time and energy talking about Duchenne and awareness about that and not really kind of focusing on myself because, you know, in the end, I feel like I'm going to be okay, but you know, it's hard, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is, this is not the life I pictured, not really the life that, you know, anybody wants. And, you know, it's extremely difficult to, to navigate it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are times where, you know, I have to stop and be like, okay, am I okay with this? You know, am I, am I okay sharing this? Am I okay, you know, giving personal details? Um, you know, I have to catch myself of, I don't want to, 
I don't want to sit here and I don't want to speak for Misty and how she's feeling because, you know, it's it impacts her completely different. Sure. Nor do I want to give her story because it's her story. Sure. You know, I may I may mention her like I have been, but I'm not I don't want to go any further than that because I don't know if she's OK with that. You know, and with me, if you be honest, if you've noticed, I haven't really gone kind of personal with myself. So, you know, I don't mind getting personal, but there might be a point where I'd say or I just may not say give a lot of detail because, you know, deep down, am I really ready to share that, you know, with everybody? And I think that to me is probably the most difficult part is, you know, I give all this information, but is it, am I really telling people how it's affecting me? And I think like, is it, like you said, or asked the answer is no, no. like it's, yeah. it's, it's not. Yeah. And it's glad just, you got there. I, <laughs> definitely I, noticed. <laughs> I did get there. And you know, is it consciously or subconsciously? I mean, I, I don't know, but I'm not a very, I'm not a very personally open person. Yeah. You know, and as long as you know me, I never have been, right. you know, I keep stuff very close to the chest when you're very bubbly on the outside, right? You know, right. you saying before I'm the outgoing one, I ask a lot of questions. I talk to people, which in a way is sort of a defense, right? It's like, okay, let's make this really positive as best we can. Let's talk to people. Let's do something tangible so that I don't have to address or deal with what I'm actually feeling. Oh, you're starting to get into the tough stuff now. Yeah. All right. Well, you made it there. I think that's where you wanted to go with it. Okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, and it's one of those things that you know, in 2021 that I, 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 that's what, that's one of the things that I want to approve on. I want to be able to, you know, share my feelings, especially with the person who's absolutely closest to me, because she's the one who needs to hear those feelings and needs to know how I'm feeling. And instead of me keeping it bubbled up inside, but you know, to me, honestly, I am happier talking to a complete stranger and telling everything you know, than I am with her. And yes, you've already noticed it. I'm not being a hundred percent open about my personal feelings with you, but you know, that's because I know you. Yeah. So if you were, we don't expect you to, right. right. But I think you made such a great point that that's a very natural, an interesting phenomenon for humans that we do that. Right. Why do you think therapists exist? Right. We can tell a stranger our whole life story and, you know, a handful of sessions if there's good rapport, but we sometimes have the hardest time being the most honest with the people closest to us right. and the people who love us and support us because there's more at stake, right? You know, you have a, this is your wife. This is the mother of your children. This is your life partner. So being honest with her has more at stake of what could come from that right. than telling Joe Schmo on the street because you may never see that person again. So who cares? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, we've we've sat down and talked about it and she wants to know what's going on in my head. And she's like, can you just tell me what's going on in your head? And, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this, this and this. Very strategic. Right. But then when it makes it to my mouth, I'm like, I pause. So it's like, okay, I had everything that I wanted to say, but then it just doesn't come out. And, Hmm. you know, that's, again, one of the things that is one of my goals and resolutions for 2021 is that that that, that I want to be able to do that. So, you know, there are certain things that I am that I am actually going to commit to for the entire year to make sure that, you know, they are taken care of. And that that's one of those things is, you know, getting help and being able to express to, you know, Misty, you know, my you know, those deep, deep feelings that are kind of locked up right now, you know, and you may not even know what they are, right? Like you said, in your mind, you have this idea of, okay, I'm going to say X, Y, and Z by the time that those words make it to my mouth, they don't come out because you probably have over time, not done that for years and years and years. So why would all of a sudden, if I decide to change it tomorrow, it's going to magically change. Exactly. Right. 
I appreciate your candidness in that because yes, in knowing you, you do play this very, you don't play, you are this very bubbly, positive person. And then we, you, people play off that, right? They feel very open and invited to be honest with you. And so when I wanted you to be on this podcast, it was not only to hear about your immediate experience with Dushin, but also to ask how you are. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's one of those questions that I don't mind hearing, but over time, it's just kind of like, okay, just, you, you know how I am. Like, you, you know exactly what I'm going through. And, you know, asking on a podcast is fine. Like, I have, you know, I have no problem sharing that. But it's people who I've talked to and they're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, you know, like, that's, that's really what I It feels like a really stupid question. Right. And that's what I want. That's really what I want to say, say every it. time. It's like, you know how I'm feeling. Yeah. What a dumb question. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's more. And then, and then to it's, you know, hey, you know, I'm truly sorry you're going through this. Like I'm, you know, and I've told, I've told people this and I laugh every time and they're like, why are you laughing? Like, I, I, I'm done being told sorry. Like, I, I don't want nothing for yeah. me. Like, I, I, I appreciate it. Like, I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> but to me, that comes off of, hey, I'm really sorry. You know, I just wanted to say that make you think I'm here for you, but I'm not really here for you. It's a placator, right? Exactly. You know, I'm like, you know, if you if you're really sorry for me, but like, hey, you know, you know, can I come come to my talk? That in itself is that that show support up. right there. Yeah. Show up. Be there for me. Like if you come to the talk, even if you come for 20 minutes and, you know, and you just or share it, invite somebody else. Yes. If you or can't if come. I'm posting on Facebook and I'm promoting my business, just click share, even click like or go to the page and like the page. You don't have to order anything, you know, or visit the website. You know, even if you visit the website and you hit and you look at the about mm -hmm. page and you just right there and you find out the information about what I'm doing, I when you say it saves you breath, right, from having to tell you when you could have just looked it up. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I mean, it's right there. The basic of, you know, what's going on with us and what's going on with, you know, our son is it's, yeah. it, it's right there. Um, yeah. and, and plus, there's like a really cute picture of him in a night costume, <laughs> you know, that that you can look at, you know, that's, yeah. you know, it's it's so. Um, yeah. And it's 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 I know. <sighs> It's gonna sound really bad. Hopefully nobody listens to it, but or like hear that. But this is you know, a to, safe space. Right. But to me, it seems and I know people don't don't mean it to be fake, but to me it's fake. You know the pleasantry. Exactly. And I you know, at this point, I don't want pleasantries. Like I don't I don't want your pleasantries. Like if you wanna be there, if you truly wanna be there for us, be there. And you if know? you can't, then we would maybe I'm gonna speak for myself here and you get to chime in, but I remember when I was going through the immediacy of the grief of losing my dad, the same thing, right? There's a lot of evidence in this and grief research on any sort of grief, whether that's realizing that someone's going to have a terminal illness, anything like that. There's a lot of you would rather them just do nothing at all or state that you're not going to do anything at all. So sort of saying, hey, I know I can't do X, Y, and Z, but I am thinking about you and then sort of go away because then that gives space for the people that can show up. Right. The space to show up and that we don't have to now m try to worry about how you're feeling about us and keep up with you and X, Y, and Z yep. because you've got so much other stuff to worry about now. Yeah. And I, and I think going back, I think what I was, what I was telling people that I don't want them to do, I think I actually did with you when your dad passed was like, Hey, how you doing? I'm so sorry. And everything like that. It's but natural. Now, right. But now looking back, it's like, okay, you know, well, you know, what should I have done? But I think for you, it was for me leaving you be and letting you take care of yourself and when you are ready you're going to reach out to me or you know like i did on facebook or anything like that or you know anything it's okay she's ready let me reach out to her 
and you know see what's going on yeah um and i think that's kind of the same thing with me is you know i like i said don't need the pity party don't need the fakeness just just, just talk to me. Yeah. And you don't want to be know? treated as a pariah, right? Like right. someone just sort of tiptoeing around you and saying, oh my gosh, how are you? How are things? Well, sure. Maybe the honest answer is 2020 wasn't a horrible year. We're not hunky-dory terrific, right? right? We're fighting a terminal illness with our child. Like, of course, things aren't amazing. In a lot of ways, they're great. But in that one way, they're not. So sometimes that question, you know, that's sort of why I named the podcast I've Been Better, and we'll see if that sticks over time. <laughs> but because I think we don't, say that to people when they say how are you we can sort of read whether they're being genuine or not right we can decide whether it's worth our time of telling them how we're actually feeling and when we open the door of saying well i've been better are we just going to get the door slammed back in our face with them saying oh i'm so sorry to hear that and then they shut it because they're not ready to hear it yep so is it more harmful to us right and and that's my test that's exactly my test is okay when you say that, I'm going to give you a comment back. It's like, well, you know, this has happened. And then your response back tells me, are you being genuine? Like, do you really want to hear what's going on? Or were you literally just saying it to me? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are there are a good amount of people that are like, you know, they're into it and they'll they'll listen to me kind of like, you know, you're doing right now. Um, and but then there are some people that are just like, yeah, I, I just asked and I didn't really want to hear well, about so really it. Wasn't really ready and, for the answer. Yeah. Right. I um, want you to take what I'm giving you, which is the how are you as all that it is. And I want you to leave it alone because then I'll feel better that I've done something to reach out to you. Yep. Right. You know, I think that's something we find that happens quite often. And I know in my own personal experiences and then in the job that I do and the research that I've done is I've stopped asking, how are you? If I'm thinking about someone and I want to send a text. I just say, hey, I've been thinking about you. I can imagine this time of year is really difficult or I can imagine that things aren't amazing. Just letting you know I'm thinking about you. Because then what I'm hoping that has communicated, and you get to tell me what you heard from that, was I've communicated that I'm thinking about you, but I'm also really not in a place to have a conversation with you right now. And I'm just letting you know that you're on my mind. I care about you. And I'm really not in a place to have a conversation. Right. And that's, you know, and that's exactly, that's my point right there is let me know you're there. Um, because there's going to come a time where if you say, Hey, I'm thinking about you, you know, I hope everything is okay. I hope you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. There's going to be a time where for you example, Susan, I, I might need you because there's something specific I know about you that you can help me with. Mm-hmm. Um, like this was out of the blue, but this helps me because it, it, it allows me to get my feelings out to you, but then to, to everybody else that wants to listen to it. So that, that to me personally helps me. Um, but you know, when people are saying stuff like that, I, I want them, I want them to be sincere knowing that there might come a time where I do reach out to you because yeah. I need you. But then also too, you have to respond back. You can't just say, Hey, I hope you're doing well. And then I respond to you and it's like, I'm Hey, doing horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm doing terrible. Like, you know, I, I need you to talk to me. And then all of a sudden I don't hear from you. I'm like, uh, okay, that, that did nothing cool. for me. Thank you for opening the door <laughs> and leaving me here. Right. Yeah. There's a podcast that, in a way, was an inspiration for me to start this podcast. Um, it's called Terrible Thanks for Asking. It's a fantastic podcast. The host is amazing. And she meets with individuals and talks with individuals who have stories that are very, that they've lived through really difficult things or had a really horrible experience. And this is something that she talks about a lot is that we live in a society that is very fearful of being honest and transparent and hearing the hard, scary, nitty gritty of life. And so 
the whole premise of that is like when people ask, how are you? And they're ter- I'm terrible. Thank you for asking. Now, what would you like to do about that? That right. we've opened the door to this conversation and we as a species and as a community and as just people need to get better about actually being there for people. And when we're saying, hey, how are you? Genuinely wanting to hear the answer to that question. Right. And, you know, I've gotten to the point where is if I'm not ready for it, you know, I, I might reach out, but then again, I might just kind of leave you be for a while and then say, hey, you know, what can I do? Or, you know, just call me anytime, you know? I mean, it just, yeah, it, that that's kind of where I'm at is. And that's what this whole like Duchenne family has taught me is, you know, we're here for each other, but we, you know, this person who was here last time may not be here for me this time, but somebody else will be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not expecting the same people to be there all the time, mm-hmm. I think is, I think that's a positive is, is, you know, I can't expect, like, I can't expect you to pick up the phone every time I would call you. Like, I mean, you, you, you have your own stuff. You right. know, you ha- everybody has, whether it's small, large, or whatever, everybody has their own stuff that they are going through. Right. You know, people are not going to go through the same thing as I am. I'm not going to go through the same people, same thing as other people are, you know, and 2020 could have been a lot worse for us. Totally. You know, our family could have caught COVID. You know, that, that in itself is worse. We could have lost a family member. Right. That is worse. So when I say that 2020 wasn't a bad year, 2020 wasn't a bad year for my family personally. You know, you could have known somebody that caught COVID, but you're not. I mean, why would you tell anybody? You don't need to tell anybody. But, you know, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, man, 2020 is a banner year. Like, it was fantastic. Because just never assume, right, what people are are going through. Exactly. Like, you know, and I don't want people to assume, oh, man, Brad is doing all this stuff. He is great. He must seem great. Yes. He, but you know, things are, you know, things are doing amazing for him. And then deep down, it's like, yeah. well, that clearly can't be amazing. Right. I mean, that's what we, that's what you were getting back to when I first asked this question of, you know, you were saying, well, of course people should know how I'm doing. Right. Like, of course it's not great. We like to believe that things are great. Right. Rose colored glasses. That's how yep. we live, you know, and you know, not to jump around so much, but what you were just saying reminds me of an activity that has been done in grief counseling, where you write out all the people in your life that you talk to or play a role and you actually label their role in your life. So let's say you write out all your friends and on your friend list, you write the, um, the yes girl or the yes guy. So that's the friend that you call. And if you say, I want to go to McDonald's at 11 PM and go dumpster diving, that's the friend that's going to say yes. So that's the yes friend. You have the friend that's the errand runner, the one that will do acts of service for you if you needed something. You have the emotional friend, the one that will listen to you and you start labeling them because what happens is the first woes of a grief period of any kind, you start reaching out to these people and you don't know their roles yet. And so as you were saying, you know, it's helpful to have this sort of Rolodex of people you can go through that if Susan doesn't answer the phone and I, she is the person that I go to for whatever X role do I have someone else that plays that role? And if not, can I wait till I can get to right. her? Or can I find someone else that does also play that role? So I'm not solely dependent on that person. And it's funny, subconsciously, I've actually been doing that. Like I know in a certain situation who to call. Yeah. So like if I need, you know, a realistic view or I need somebody who's literally, who will literally sit on FaceTime with me and just, we can work together. Yeah. Then I know who that person is, you know? So, and it's, and, and knowing like, you know, just those people that I know if I don't, you're a great example for this. You know, we get very busy. I know that if me and you do not talk for six months, 
let's say we don't because you you have your own stuff. I've got mine. Sure. But a day comes where I'm like, okay, Susan's going to be a great help for this. She's going to be one that, because I know, I know you are not going to, you're not going to sugarcoat anything. Like I said, <laughs> like, you know, we talked about earlier, you and Missy are exactly the same. Missy doesn't sugarcoat anything. You're not going to, yep. sh- you're going to tell me how it is. You've done that ever since you were hired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you never changed. Yes, you have never been ashamed of saying, okay, yeah, I, I don't like that. Like if I wanted to make a change, <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going to work. We're going to do it this way. And then I'm like, okay, but I'm the boss. I'm like, I don't care. We're, we're just going to do it this way. And, you know, makes but, me sound horrible. <laughs> oh just no, kidding. you're great. I, I wish there were more people like that. Um, but you know, if we don't talk for six months, and I'm like, okay, I really need a realistic view. But you know, besides Misty, I can call you, and even if you don't answer, then and I'm and I leave you a message. That's my biggest thing. If it's important, leave me leave a message. A message yeah. yeah. If, it's, if you just call me and you don't leave a message, it's not important. I'm not calling you back. Exactly. So if I were to call and leave you a message, it may it may depending on what you're doing, it may take you an hour, it may take you two days, but you're gonna call me back. Yeah. And then I can, if I remember what I, what I really want to ask you. <laughs> Why did I call? Yeah, exactly. Like I can ask you that and you, you'll be there for me and you'll talk for however long it needed. But, you know, and I like that about you. You're the type of person that you'll make sure that, okay, I have nothing going on for this block of time. Yeah. Now is when I can call and talk to him. Yep. Um, which is great. And, you know, there are people I know in my contact list that can do that. And, but unfortunately, I know that there are people in my contact list that I would probably never call. No, no. Just because... They're not able, and th- right. there's nothing wrong with that. It's just what are their skills, and what what role do they play in your life? Yep, and it's nothing against them. Right. And, and, you know, it's absolutely nothing against them. And um, But there are just people I know that if I really needed something in a pinch, like, I just, I, I wouldn't call them. And, and I mean, yep. it, it sucks, but, you know, that's, you know, that's well, life. Well, it's the reality so, of yeah. humans, too, right? We have to stop pretending like we live in a Hallmark movie. That if I walk down the street and turn the corner at a coffee shop, I'm going to walk into the person that I need. Like, No, we actually have to advocate for ourselves sometimes and find these people that will help us meet our needs. And then hopefully we play a role in their life that helps them meet their needs, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do find that it's helpful to, as you were saying, you know, I think from our experiences, I have found that individuals who have experienced grief in some form of another, because grief looks, it can be death, it can be loss, it can be changing jobs, whatever it looks like. But anyone who's experienced a certain level of grief tends to not have time for bullshit. Right. And so that's, I think, I'm hoping that that's where my desire to be very upfront with things throughout life has come from, is that, okay, do you want the bullshit answer? Or would you like me to be really honest with what I'm thinking? That doesn't make me right. Right. But you called me for my opinion. Here's my opinion. And like you hit the nail on the head. There's just, there's no time for bullshit like there, there's there's not who really wants to deal with it too like you know who 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 really has time anymore to kind of to kind of deal with that like there yeah. are so many other things going on right now that yeah yeah like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk to me and bullshit me i'd rather you just not talk to me you know <laughs> like you know that's sorry that, that, that well, and that's let's talk truth. about real things right again part of why i wanted to start i love talking to people about their lives i get to work in this job where i have the ability to hear hundreds of people's stories a year that other people may never get to hear. And I think that we deserve more of that. And instead of just talking about a bunch of BS stuff that's going on, like let's actually talk about what's going on. Let's talk about real stuff. Let's do real things instead of, I don't know the, what we did at the beginning of this podcast, the weather. Absolutely. Exactly. (laughs) Good. You mentioned one thing, Brad, about how you wanted to change something for 2021. And that was attempting to get more in touch with how you feel and 
being verbal about that, being yep. honest about that. Talk to me about what what else you hope 2021 looks like for you. Yeah, for 2021, I want a cure for Duchenne, you know? That, Fingers th- crossed. That is what I want for 2021, <laughs> you know? Is that something that is attainable? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I would hope so, but, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, another, you know, thing for me is, you know, last year I started, you know, of course, you know, 2020 working out and, you know, everybody yeah. does the whole new year of, yes. you know, working out. I stuck with it for longer than I really did. But then, you know, I kind of I got off of it very much uh, towards the end of the year. But I think that's that's something that I want to do is keep up with my fitness goals yeah. and, you know, lose the weight that I need to. And, you know, as Missy's told me, you know, for at my place, I'm the I'm going to be the face of fitness. So, you know, how does it look if you're the face of fitness and you're you're not in shape, you know? Sure. Don't forget in shape looks different for everyone. That is that is true. But in shape for me. Yes. And she was like, and then, of course, you know, Missy being who she is, she's like, how great of a testament would be is if you started your fitness program with all your instructors, you lost all this weight and can say, hey, this it worked. worked. It worked. You know, and That's I'm like, cool. Like, hey, that's a great marketing idea, you know? So um, I think that's, you know, and of course everybody has that goal, but, you know, my my big thing is, you know, I like to, I, I do things, um, I, I jump into things, you know? I am very, very fast. I like to get things moving and mm-hmm. everything like that. Um, and I don't think about everything. I don't sit back and analyze. And I think that's one of the big things that I want to change is I want to sit back and I want to try and think of, of everything that I can, you know, I want to do a fun, another fundraiser. You know, I love doing fundraisers. Um, but you know, it's hard to decide what I want to do because of COVID, but that's one of the things that I would want to think about and, and give me, give yeah. myself time to do it instead of saying, okay, it's January 2nd. I want to do a fundraiser in March. You know, that, that, that gives me some time, but it doesn't give me a lot of time to think about everything. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the things that's actually taking a step back and okay. Giving me plenty of time to be able to think through everything and just kind of and you know i sh- i, I want to make myself better you know i need to that's one of the things that i've been needing to for years and i think i'm at a point now where i can yeah you know and i i am committed to um it's like i'm signing a year contract with myself like these are the things that i need to accomplish in this year um and i have to stick to it and i, and I want to stick to it yeah um, like I've told my fitness instructors, like I am committing a year to you. Like I am putting funds in the budget for it to pay you for a year. So I, I want this to work and we need yeah. to work together to work. And I, that's what I want to do with myself. I want to sign my own contract of these are the three, four, five things that I want to do. And I'm going to commit to a year. Um, and then hopefully, you know, I can, I can sign a long-term extension with myself, Yes, you know, yes, you can. for, for you can five, 10, however many years that, that well, I need you know, to. It's never going to end, right? It's you're never ex- going to end. Exactly right. Yeah. But I love that, you know, you've said that you feel like you're in a place where you can do those now, which is interesting, right? Because on the, from what we just heard, someone may take that story about what's going on in your life and think, oh my gosh, how could they be in a place to want to work on movement or want to work on changing their habits to make them feel better. I can't imagine that they would be focused on anything else other than Duchenne or X, Y, or Z. And you're saying, you know, actually, I feel like I've got a good grip on on that. I'm doing everything I can to a degree while also recognizing that I want to make the best out of my life with my children and my partner and myself. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Well, that's what I, and that's actually the point that I was going to say is, you know, there are three other people in the household that I have to think of. 
you know, I can't make myself or, you know, Dushin is a huge part of my life, but it can't be everything. Because if I just focus on that, well, then Nathan's going to be labeled the boy, just Dushin. He's not going to be labeled by anything else. Yeah. You know, and then Caden's going to be, well, the sister of the boy who had, and that doesn't do her any good. Their identities go away. Exactly. And I think, too, I kind of getting off topic, but that's one of the huge, biggest struggles I have as well is, you know, so much energy is put into Nathan and focuses on him Mm -hmm. that sometimes, you know, I'll be honest, Caden gets forgotten about. And, you know, that's one of the things that Missy and I actually talked about is, okay, how can we make her feel more involved? How can we make her feel a priority, Mm -hmm. you know, that is not related to Nathan? Yep. You know, and we talk, how can we make her birthday this year special? She has done, she has dealt with so, I mean, so much stuff has been on her plate, like that no seven-year-old should have to deal with. And, you know, and that, but that's, that's our life, like virtual schooling, like what seven-year-old should need to be teaching herself? You know, they need to have that teacher right there for them, but she's had to do it virtually. What seven-year-old sister, you know, you know, wants to have their, see their brother struggle and have to deal with that. And, you know, you know, on all the other struggles that, you know, we have to deal with is, you know, how can we make her time just more special where it's just focused on her? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, we're going to work on. And, you know, same with Missy is allowing her that she needs to take time for herself. Yeah. You know, and she she doesn't. And of course she doesn't because, you know, she's a mother, she's a teacher, she's a wife. So she puts everybody in front and ahead of her. But that's just how she is. Yeah. And she leaves no time for her. So. You know, again, one of my goals is, okay, what can I do to take some of the burden off of her? What can I take off her shoulder so that way, okay, if she has 10 minutes at night to go read a book or just or sit on the couch on her phone or watch a show or something where it's quiet and she can enjoy it like and I and I can offer that to her like that's what I want to do. And be herself without kids. Exactly. Exactly. Because she's a, like you were just saying, you both are people outside of the role you play as parents. Yeah. Yep. Well, those sound like amazing goals. We have to keep me posted on them. I'm not a big fan of the word resolution because I feel like nowadays resolution is coinciding with failure. But you noticed I didn't use it, right? Yes, you did, which I was very very happy about. I am right on board with you. I have, I have my goals and you know. I start small and then that's when I want to get big. And that's having big goals for me doesn't work. No. And it's not going to work. And I know that about me. I finally figured that out. So, (laughs) you know, week at a time. Good. I think that sounds great. And as we both said before, that making changes to allow yourself to be the best version of yourself doesn't ever end. And keeping that in mind, too, that, okay, December 31st, 2021, if I haven't done everything exactly the way that I planned it out, doesn't make me a failure. Right. Yeah. Good. Well, Brad, it's been wonderful to one get to catch up with you as as you said we don't get to do that as often and i'm very grateful to have you here and thank you for feeling like you could be a little more open than maybe you have been before absolutely I've, I've enjoyed being here and talking to you so you know i bring me back anytime you know we will. I, I, we'll do I would a, love to, we'll do yeah. a catch up you know i'm okay. thinking you know a couple seasons down the line we'll bring everybody back and see how everybody's doing so. absolutely well okay. susan i appreciate it thank you very much Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. And follow us on social media at I've Been Better.pod.